Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 77 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsors. Firm manager from LexisNexis, a leading provider of information and business solutions. Get your free 30-day trial at firmmanager.com slash LTN. And Clio, online practice management for attorneys at goclio.com. In our last podcast, we looked at the upcoming new operating systems, Windows 8 and Apple's Mountain Lion. Some suggest that we are moving to a post-PC world and that the big operating systems are becoming less important than ever. The poster child for the post-PC era is, of course, the iPad, and there was some big iPad news this week. Tom, what's in our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report, we'll talk about the newest member of the iPad family and whether it's worth your time and money to take a look at it. In our second segment, we'll revisit the topic of our last episode, Windows 8 and Apple Mountain Lion, and we'll finish up with our parting shots that one tip website or observation that you can start using the second that this podcast is over but first our first segment our opening segment and that's the new ipad as i mentioned in a post over at my ipad for lawyers blog i really really hate the time leading up to the release of a new ipad or really any new technology because everybody is making predictions about the new features that the ipad will have and what do you think the new features will be and people keep asking and i i don't like to make predictions in those types of things. on uh, uh, Last week, uh, on March the 7th, uh, Apple put all the prognosticators out of their misery when they rolled out the new iPad. It's, it's not the iPad 3, like some thought. It's not the iPad HD, like some thought. It's just called the new iPad, which has, I guess, a certain elegance and normalcy to it. Dennis, are you planning on buying one? Yeah, the answer is the answer is yes. Yes, I am, or maybe more accurately, I'm. It, our family is certainly planning to to buy the the new one. I'm not sure whether it's going to end up with me or my wonderful wife, but uh, it, it's funny when I think about this because uh, I didn't buy the original iPad and uh, you know waited for the iPad too, and it just seems like the the iPad the new iPad is just an, an easy decision. It just uh, in part because. Uh, you know, I'm uh, want to keep current with what's going on in in legal technology, in in part because I'm just intrigued with the whole the you know whole iPad pad world and and what's what's new with it, and because it, it does make sense in my situation to to get another iPad uh, for the family, and and as I said, we'll kind of decide. Probably my wife will take the old one, and and I'll take the new one. But it just it just sort of feels the right the right thing to do, um, and and I think we'll. We'll talk about that in terms of whether it makes sense or not. I, I think it's more kind of a feeling about whether you want uh, want the new one or not. <laughs> well, no, I certainly agree, and 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 although I want to get into some specific thinking around that in just a second, I will say I'm also buying one. I, I'd like to tell myself that I'm buying one because I'm writing a lot of books on the iPad and I need to have the latest one in my hands. But I, I don't know that I, whether I'm fooling myself when I say that I think that I'll just I'll go ahead and agree with your earlier assessment and uh, and say that uh, 
I, I like to keep up with the latest technology, and I think this is a good technology to keep up with. So uh, mine actually will be arriving. Uh, Federal Express tells me that it'll be arriving on the 16th, so I'm looking forward to getting hold of it in the next week or so. Uh, as, as far as the new features, though, I think that there are some features that are certainly great, but they're not so overwhelming that I'm immediately going to say, Everyone, no matter who you are, go out and race out and, and buy an iPad. And, and some of the ones, some of the, the features that I thought that are interesting, certainly the display, the retina display. If you have an iPhone right now, a, a, one of the newer iPhones that comes with the retina display, you know what that means. But but you may not know exactly what it means. You haven't really experienced it once you've seen it on a on a 9.7 inch screen. It's it's really, I think, going to be something really amazing. It's it's a million more pixels in this retina display than a, than a regular 1080p high-definition television. So I think that's going to be pretty awesome uh, to be able to look at some of the apps uh, and, and pictures and videos um, with that kind of resolution. To handle that kind of resolution, though, the iPad is going to include an upgraded processor, uh, the A5X, and obviously it's got to uh, now have a, a stronger battery, or at least to keep up with the battery life that the old iPad has. It's going to have a much bigger battery that, uh, th than the ones in, in, in the past, which I think is, is kind of interesting. The, the, what I understand is that the RAM, the amount of, of of memory in there has been doubled from the iPad 2, so that should be nice. It should uh, help with performance issues. And I think that the other uh, big development there is with the camera. Uh, there's another, actually, that one of the other big developments is with the camera. It, they, they've added the iSight camera to the back of the, the iPad. The uh, original iPad's camera was less than a megapixel. It, it was functional, but it wasn't quite that useful. Um, the new iSight camera uh, will be five megapixels, which is really pretty good. It's not as good as the iPhone's eight megapixels, but I think it's uh, I think it's it's still very respectable. Uh, and then and then for me, the the last major feature of the iPad is that it's now available in four G LTE, which um, I think is a a great addition to it as long as you're in an area that supports it. Uh, ultimately, I think that m most areas will be supporting 4G, but for right now, it's only useful if you happen to be in that particular area. Dennis, are, th are there other uh, features of the iPad that you want to mention or want to talk a little bit more about some of these features that I've mentioned? Yeah, a couple of things. So um, I think the you know the the 4G thing is is definitely a transition thing. It'll be important to, more important to some people than others. Um, I think you can get by just fine with Wi-Fi at this point. I mean the the 4G is cool until you start to price data plans, and then that makes you think about it. We haven't seen, or at least I haven't seen the actual display, but I understand it's it's breathtakingly good. Um, the, a couple of things that, that do interest me um, on the camera side are the ability to take uh, HD quality video, um, because I, I, I think that's going to become more important. Um, the built-in voice dictation, not Siri, but, but actual voice dictation, that I think is really interesting to me and potentially to lawyers and sort of gets us into that sort of, uh, you know, past the the keyboard era for you know as gives us you know another option so we're not as hung up on the keyboard and then i think that the really the key thing about any new ipad and you see some of this there's new iphoto 
uh, app that's that's already ready. Some other things come along the line, and and that's the key, I, I think, Tom, to the whole iPad phenomenon is that is this entry point into apps and what the new iPad gives is a you know a better platform for for the existing apps and perhaps some new ones. So I think we're going to see some really cool things. So once again, I think that the key with the iPad is it's the platform. No, I totally agree, and I I think when, at, at the at the risk of belaboring the point because this will be not the first uh, episode of the podcast that we've discussed this is that that apps are uh, a, a a major feature that I think we all have to pay attention to. And, and as we will discuss in a few minutes, we'll may have the potential to, to, to completely uh, outpace the operating systems that we talked about during the last podcast, windows eight and, and Apple mountain lion. I I think that, that having sort of that self-contained world within an app is something that is both useful and easy for people to use. And I think that I, I agree with you. I think that, that the new device uh, is going to make it very interesting for developers to come up with, uh, with, with, with new and, and unique ways of, of bringing apps to the iPad. I think one thing that, that will be interesting to see is that, that in order to, bring those types of apps to the iPad, they're probably going to be bigger apps because they need to have a, a better resolution and, and they're probably going to be bigger, which um, one of the interesting things about the iPad is, is that even though uh, you're getting a lot better resolution, the, the capacity of the iPad is not changing. They're still available only in 64, 32 and 16 gigabyte models. And so I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see how fast your iPad fills up with the apps uh, or, or or if you're watching movies or other things on there that that require a higher definition uh, file, I think it'll be interesting to see how much you can keep on there. And I would hope that future versions of the iPad come along uh, that have uh, that, that 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 have a bigger capacity. Maybe go to the 128 uh, or something similar to that. Dennis, uh, how, how compelling are these features to you as a lawyer or just as anybody looking at the iPad for for work? You know, I, I as we're talking about this, and as I've thought about this, I, I really sort of think we've moved into this, uh, at least for me, a post-feature world. You know, yeah, a million more pixels, this chip, new chip, you know, that you know, a gigabyte here, that sort of thing. But it's sort of like, well, what's what's the experience? And and if if you've seen kids around iPads, you, you know, it's amazing the stuff they they can do with these things. And and I think there's this sense that, um, you know. And, you know, Tom, I was into technology as, uh, as much as the next person, maybe more, but I'm kind of like, hey, I don't really care about, you know, all the specs so much anymore. It's kind of like, hey, can what can I do on these things? And 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 I think there is that sense of what's cool about the new iPad is I don't really have to think so much about this. I just know like, hey, wow, this video is amazing. I can take videos of, you know, a birthday party with the iPad. I can do these things. I can dictate into it. I, I can use these apps. I can use GPS. Um, and and so, so I think those are the things. I, I think probably the big, you know, the big consideration for people is um, – as you said, how much memory do you really need on it? And that, and that probably has, you just kind of need to, you know, figure out what you're going to have on it and how tidy you are about keeping things on there and how, how likely are you to kind of hoard things onto a, onto an iPad. 
Um, so, so I think that's one thing. And then the other thing is, you know, whether you can, you can live with just Wi-Fi, or you want to have, you want to have the data plan so you can have access anywhere. I mean, I, I have an iPhone and an iPad, so having the Wi-Fi iPad uh, really makes sense for me. It just becomes the perfect at-home kind of, uh, kind of machine. Tom, I don't, I don't know where you are at on those issues. Well, I, I also ordered the Wi-Fi only, and the reason for that is is that I've got a Verizon MiFi wireless hotspot, and that I use I have used that for a number of years with my laptop. Whenever I happen to be traveling, that's my wireless connection, and so it didn't make sense for me to get yet another four uh, G connection and with a data plan. It just would have been a duplicate uh, connection that I really didn't need. But but I think it that's that's certainly one of the considerations. As, as I posted on my blog, I, I was saying, should you or should you not either upgrade or get an iPad? And for me, it really boils down to a couple things. One, would you make use of the 4G network? Is the 4G network useful enough to you that justifies getting one? Um, certainly that that makes sense. Um, the, the, the second thing is uh, whether or not you plan on taking or using or working with a good video solution or applications. If you're going to take pictures, take videos, I personally think it's a little awkward taking pictures with a device as big as an iPad, but I know that lots of people plan to use it that way and, and will be able to use it that way in, in, in ways that are very productive for work and play. And so if, if, if that's useful, then yeah, I think that you should upgrade to that. And then I guess the last, the sort of catch all is, do you like to upgrade to the latest and greatest? And if you do, then I think it's definitely worth an upgrade. I, I've been telling folks who have an iPad one, I think that the upgrade is, is worth it. But uh, I, I, with people who have an iPad two, I think you have to go through that exercise is, is how much do these incremental changes mean to you to make it worth uh, shelling out a little bit of extra money for for, for what may not be a lot of change for the way that you want to use your device. Yeah, Tom, I, I only half-jokingly say that if you want to buy a new one, you'll find plenty of reasons to justify <laughs> your purchase. If, if you don't want to buy one, you'll find some That's reasons right. that, that justify you not buying them. I think what, just kind of one of the interesting things, though, is that the uh, – and, and I think there's been some debate about why they don't call this the iPad three. A lot of people use the analogy of cars, so we're not talking about the, the you know you're driving the Accord Honda Accord seven or the Honda Accord eleven that it just goes away. But I, I think one thing that is quite interesting is that the iPad two is still staying around, and so uh, price dropped a little bit. And for a lot of people, and and again, I I think this is going to go. Uh, to children and families, especially that iPad two uh, option is going to be really an interesting, interesting one. I expect we'll see a lot of sales there. Uh, you might also see that um, in law firms where people are looking to say, "Well, let's introduce the iPad and you can save, you know, whatever a hundred bucks or whatever by by going to the iPad two and having uh, people happy about that." I think from the lawyer's perspective, we're just seeing a growing you know the growing interest i know tom you've d you've done those ipad webinars and especially ipad for litigators that just have had just mind-blowing attendance um you know so there's this tremendous interest out there um you know some one of the things that somebody said that lawyers will find really interesting about that the can the improved camera is is using the ipad as is the scanner that's always with you so you can take right. pictures of documents yep. i mean i do that on my iphone now um you know but the idea that 
you know, you have the iPad and everything's there. You know, maybe you're in a deposition or something. You just need a copy of, of something that somebody brings in or, you know, your client meeting, boom, you have it. Um, so I think just simple, you know, some of those simple things like that and, and you know, just getting the, the iPad into your hands uh, will will really, uh, really be interesting. But it sort of feels, Tom, I don't, I don't know about you, but just the, the – uh, the iPad train is just kind of rolling along and, and really picking up speed. Well, you know, I think I've, I've read at least one blog post who says and th- that they believe that the most important announcement Apple made was keeping the iPad 2 and reducing the price um, because the iPad 2 was an incredibly popular device. It sold millions and millions of units um, and now it's cheaper. I, I think that uh, that that. Android manufacturers, you know, if you look at something like the Samsung Galaxy Tab, which is a perfectly fine tablet compared to the iPad, it's it sold about six million and the iPad sold, I don't know, 15, 20 million total units during that period of time. And uh, from what I understand, Android manufacturers have been struggling to keep up at that particular $499 price point. Now, they have a third generation iPad that just knocks it out of the park in terms of resolution and camera and some other features that they have to contend with. But then now they also have to contend with the second generation at a much lower price point. So I I think it's going to be, like you said, I think that's very, very interesting. And I I think, I I, I, I hate to be an unabashed Apple fanboy when it comes to the iPad, but I think that Apple in, in making this move has secured its place at the front of the tablet market for at least another year or two uh, because I just don't see the other people catching up with that. Uh, interestingly, you know, the iPad 2 is only available, going to be available in 16 gigabytes. So that may make a difference. It may just be something you buy for the kids um, or for using at home. It might not be something for heavy duty use. So I'll be interested to see how many people buy that, that iPad 2. But as far as the train, I, I agree. It's something that just keeps on going. And I think, like I've said before, the, the iPad is something that, uh, uh, that that's like a microwave oven. It, it, it was when the microwave was first introduced, people didn't uh, didn't get it. They didn't get why they needed to use it other than, aside from a regular oven. But now you'll find an iPad, uh, excuse me, a microwave in every single house. And it's because people kept finding out ways to use it that were productive. And I think that's what we're finding now with the iPad these days. Um, yeah, Tom, I, I was, you know, I, I go back to something you're saying. I, it, the early, you know, before it comes out, people have all these unreasonable expectations. Like, I, you know, and it is disappointing that the interstellar warp drive was not part of the, the new iPad. But, you know, once once you get it in front of you, say, this is really kind of a cool thing. And, and there is something, you know, there's things are changing. I mean, uh, Slate's Farhad Manju wrote this really interesting article about how the iPad may echo what Apple did with the iPod, where they created this category and then got this huge lead that basically nobody could catch mm-hmm. up on. Yep. I mean, I'll take us out of here with the quote, I, I, or at least paraphrase, something I found really interesting on uh, the blog of uh, Om Malik, one of my, my favorite bloggers. Um, he has a friend named Steve Crandall, who... Uh, Set, was saying that uh, the transparency of use that's that works to allow us to give have the feeling of directly interacting with information 
that sort of touching the screen and being able to do exactly mm-hmm. what we want is is the core of of the post PC era. And and I think these improvements, speed, display, all those things really get us there because I've always wanted to say let's get the barrier of the operating system, the computer, the you know the keyboard even, and let's just let us do the things we want to do. And and I sort of think that that's where the post PC era really does take us. And the the tablet happens to be the form factor, and the iPad seems to be the one that works. That's a good way to end the segment. Uh, Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break with a few words from our sponsors, Clio and Firm Manager by LexisNexis. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the role of security in cloud computing. Jack, what about security? Are there any ethical or security-related concerns that need to be addressed with cloud computing? We're starting to see the first ethics opinions come out on cloud computing, and the early proposed ethics opinions like that from the North Carolina State Bar indicate that there are no ethical issues relating to the use of cloud computing in a law firm, but that as with the use of any third-party provider, an appropriate amount of due diligence needs to be undertaken to verify that the provider you're using has implemented an adequate level of security and privacy precautions and is essentially taking due care with your confidential client data. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. If you like listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, you might also like the podcast, Law Technology Now on LegalTalkNetwork.com. If you're like many solo and small firm attorneys, it can be challenging to manage both your practice and give your clients the attention they need. Well, now you can do it all free for 30 days with LexisNexis Firm Manager. Built from the ground up for attorneys like you, it's an easy way to get organized, master your business, and keep your clients happy. Firm Manager is secure, web-based, and mobile, so you can manage your practice anytime, anywhere, from your laptop, smartphone, iPad, or tablet. No IT hassles, no long-term commitments, and best of all, no more worries about what needs to be done. Get your free 30-day trial of LexisNexis Firm Manager today at firmmanager.com LTN. That's firmmanager.com LTN. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial playing in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at LegalTalkNetwork.com. You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn too. And welcome back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. Hey, Tom, I, I noticed uh, that LexisNexis firm manager just announced uh, something called Sync for Mac, a plug-in application for Mac users that lets them sync the native Mac apps uh, they're already using to manage contacts, appointments, and tasks with the LexisNexis firm manager. Kind of a nice development, and I think fits with our follow-up topic totally agree. Uh, from, from last week, which was the new operating systems, Windows 8 and Apple Mountain Lion. I think it's pretty clear the Apple iPad announced, but just knocked the new OSs out of the news. And maybe that's part of the real story. Tom, what else have we learned about the new operating systems in the last couple of weeks? Well, you know, I, I, I will take a bit of an issue that the iPad 
really knocked the new OSs out of the news. And the reason why I say that is I continue to see a lot of information about Windows 8 and particularly how it's going to do in the mobile world. Now, granted, it hasn't been out in the mobile world, so we don't really have anything to judge by it. But And although the desktop version of Windows 8, I think, is interesting and it's going to represent a new way of kind of interacting with your uh, computer environment, I think it's the mobile version that everybody is looking at. And, and until Windows really rolls it out, we're just going to be speculating, as we do, on how successful it's going to be. I think with the, with, with the new iPad coming out, Microsoft and other tablet vendors are certainly going to have their work cut out for them. But I think it's going to make for an interesting year. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think that you see the, you know, the, the, there's sort of this initial, you know, burst of euphoria and then people get a little bit of look at things and they've, they, then they're able to start complaining about this. So, you know, Windows 8, they're talking about, oh, these tiles are great. And then, then a few days later, people are saying, oh, I hate these tiles, you know, and, and the whole approach seems wrong and they didn't do this. And, and like I said, you know, people are finding out that you don't have the interstellar warp drive included in the operating system. And, and, and so there's this inevitable disappointment. But it, it does seem like in, in both cases, we're seeing some advances. And, uh, but it is interesting to, to think about whether, uh, you know, the, the tablets are going to kind of move faster than the operating systems because, uh, you know, we may see a new, uh, you know, iOS or other operating systems on the mobile platforms, uh, maybe before the, the big OSs come out this year. So it seems like things are happening faster and all we, you know, so sort of in the OS world, it sort of seems like things go slowly every couple of years. And so we're seeing some of that. So I, I think, you know, generally good reaction to everything. You don't hear some of the, the terrible things you often hear when people start to play with betas of, of new operating systems. It all sounds pretty positive, but it, it seems like an element of realism is kind of set in after the, you know, some of the initial news came out. You know, I, I'll, I'll say two things. The first is that uh, if you were watching the rollout and the, uh, of the new iPad, uh, they announced that over the past year, uh, more new iPads have been sold than any other computer company sold of its mainline desktop or laptop computers. There were some 15 million iPads sold, and the closest that came to that was, I believe, HP with just under 15 million. Everybody else didn't even come close to selling enough. So I, I certainly see how the mobile environment is going to be much more popular and where I think most of the attention is going to be played or paid over the next couple of uh, years. I, I think, though, that what makes it interesting, just to kind of give a, a, a contrary opinion, really has to do less with the operating system and more with the apps. I've, I think I've talked about on here and I've certainly talked about on my blog a lot about uh, apps for the iPad that that allow you to uh, to get uh, get to uh, Microsoft Word and to actually edit within Microsoft Word or Excel to take advantage of track changes or other features that are only only within Word or Excel and there are a couple of apps Cloud On and the On Live Desktop that I have particularly recommended. Now this past week we've started to see that Microsoft is coming out saying, "Hey, wait a minute, you guys don't have the licensing uh, ability." to uh, to provide this will work something out with you I, they haven't said that they're going to shut them down but what that says to me is is that uh, we may be able we may start seeing uh, both uh, 
both Cloud On and, and On Live start to charge for their services over the next few months because I don't know that they're going to be able to sustain anything in the in the face of a licensing agreement with Microsoft. But so I think that that even though the operating systems may be different, I, I think that a lot of people won't be getting away from their desktops anytime soon because we still need to to look at and to use systems that still aren't quite ready for prime time in the mobile environment. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, just to add, I, I think that. Before people think we've gone, you know, totally crazy over, you know, mobile and iPads and they're replacing PCs. I, I think they point to a post PC era. I think there's a lot of legacy stuff out there that, um, you know, all the USB stuff, other things like that, 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 that still makes sense in the in the big operating system world. But um, I, I just think that we may see people leapfrog, leapfrogging some of that faster than than we ever expected. But now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. I have a parting shot and a rant about my parting shot. Um, the 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 parting shot is an article from Read Write Web called Ten Tips for Using Evernote Effectively." I have started to use Evernote much much more lately to save articles, to save things for both work and for uh, for for my uh, personal reference. And I have just found it so useful that it is it is su- such a ubiquitous tool. It's everywhere on my iPad. It's everywhere in my browser and it makes it so easy to both save and get to that information. Take a look at these tips. I think you'll appreciate them. That They will help you become a better Evernote user. But before I move on, I want to give you a quick rant because this, this article and other articles on Evernote have included this tip that I really, really <laughs> disagree with and I can't be more vehement in my disagreement. And it's talking about saving email to Evernote. And the idea is they want people to save email that are that's important to you to Evernote. And speaking as someone who deals in both the records management and electronic discovery worlds, unless you're a solo lawyer and you don't expect to ever have to produce that email ever again, then I recommend don't, please don't save your email unless in, in Evernote. It becomes another source of information that becomes discoverable if you ever get sued and people need it. But in terms of just record retention, uh, the emails that you save all have that retention period whether it's three years or two years or seven years or 10 years. And putting it in a place like Evernote gives you permission to forget about it and keep it forever. And it's just not a good records management practice. So ignore that tip, but the other nine tips are great ones. So give it a, give it a read. Dennis? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Tom. Um, lifehacker.com, we could probably do a parting shot every, every episode from something we see on Lifehacker. It's such a great resource. Um, the one I want to point out this week is, is this totally practical one that anybody who does any computing around their, their home will, will have run into. Especially if you have an older house, and and basically the article is uh, how can I bring my tech unfriendly home into the twenty first century, and so it just has some great practical tips about you know everything from extension cords, expanding your outlets, uh, buying these great little adapters that have USB slots on them so you can directly charge your iPad, iPhone, iPod, all all those things, um, enhancing your 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 Wi-Fi range, uh, all all those things, very simple, inexpensive things that, that you can do, and it's just a really handy article. And I'm sure that everybody, especially if you're in an older house, will uh, 
will find something of, of value in, in that post. I think we could do an entire show on life hacker tips. I think they are, it's a really valuable site. If you're not already notebook uh, bookmarking it, then make sure that uh, you do that today. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Information on how to get in touch with us, as well as links to all the topics we discussed today, is available at our show notes blog at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network site or in iTunes. And if you have questions or suggestions for upcoming episode topics, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com or send us a tweet at tkmreport. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network, the premier online legal media network. Whatever iPad you choose to buy, make sure this podcast is on it. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.